Good morning. In a couple of hours, I'm going to leave home to catch a flight to Melbourne for the third, no, not the third, the final, the final segment of my Feldenkrais training. I'll be there for three weeks and it'll be the usual teaching and doing movement practice and talking, plus it'll be assessments, being assessed um, while working one-on-one with a person, someone's friend or relative that's volunteered to come in and uh, I'll be watched by one of the trainers. And then at the end of all that, providing that I've been competent enough, I'll get my piece of paper saying I'm officially a Feldenkrais practitioner, uh, which is pretty cool considering what are we now? We're in January 2020 and I, I began in September 2017, although my training began in January 2017. I was in, I wasn't there. I was in Brazil and Mexico and all sorts of places. Didn't think I'd be able to do it. And then when I returned home early from that, I managed to tag along and still get on this training. So it's the end of that particular phase or stage or thing that I've done and then tied up with that this morning I listened to one of Ty Lopez's 67 steps it was 30 something and he talked about something which I thought was very apt in relation to my Feldenkrais training and everything else I talk about he called it the 10 dark years Uh, Malcolm Gladwell has apparently written about this and called it the 10,000 hours and I don't know if I like either of those terms particularly they've both got pros and cons but it refers to the period of time where it looks from the outside like nothing's happening like you're not doing anything but you are on a daily basis, doing something small, incremental, committed, regular, and important. And the examples he gave, Ty Lopez gave, were uh, well, the first one was Bill Gates. And apparently, between the ages of 20 and 30, Bill Gates was essentially locked in an office <laughs> um, writing software. He claims that he didn't take a single day off in that period. Um, That wasn't quite the beginning of him because he began to be interested in software and computers at something like 12. But it was that period of intensity of daily grind and chipping away that kind of made him what he later became. And it didn't end at the end of 10 years. Um, Maybe he just, I don't know, haven't read his story, but maybe at the end of those 10 years when he was 30, he started diversifying more or giving himself a day off now and then. But he laid the foundation in those 10 years. Um, And then he gave the example of Michael Jordan um, and another basketball player and Nelson Mandela who did all that thinking when he was in jail for 27 years or whatever it was. Um, 
And just, if, I mean, you could use any example of anyone successful. And he pointed to the fact that we hear about these people and there's media bias, what he calls media bias. We hear little snippets. We hear, we see how they are. We get a glimpse of their life. And, and we kind of assume without even knowing we're assuming it that they just woke up rich or they just woke up a good basketball player or they, they just one day became the amazing person that we know them as if we think they're amazing. And we don't see or fully appreciate that they spent that time, those 10 dark years or those 10,000 hours or whatever it was or the 27 years in jail, that that is why they are where they are today. And I guess, I mean, if you don't admire any of those people or think of them as successful, just pick anyone who you think is successful at the top of their game in whatever area. It doesn't have to be anything to do with money or fame. It can just be anyone who's incredibly successful, even in, in a fantastic marriage or whatever it is, or just really good at being happy and satisfied and content with life. And chances are they've put that time in and it was uh, it was interesting to ponder on that because I say it and I describe it and I think, well, I knew that. I've always known that. I didn't really think Bill Gates just woke up rich one day. But in a way, I did. <laughs> I, I Like it's one of those things where you know it, but you don't know it because you haven't or I hadn't really taken the time to um, experience that knowledge and apply it to myself and the homework at the end of that 67 step unit was think about where in your own life in the four main areas of health wealth love and happiness where in one of those areas have you actually been having an unrealistic time frame as to how quickly you can achieve the things you want to achieve and what can you do about that and as soon as I heard that I went oh my god I've had an unrealistic expectation in all of those areas and I didn't no, I did because I told myself I was being very patient. I told myself I was doing lots of things and, and it's incremental and I reminded myself daily. But I still thought in short time frames, I still thought that why am I not yet capable of being a level three MoveNat certified trainer, even though I discovered MoveNat four or five years ago. Come on, hurry up. Why why am I not there yet? And I gave myself, I I expected myself to be able to achieve that level of um, physical capability in three years or five years or something like that. And I thought I was, um, if I hadn't got there, it was because I was lazy or there was something wrong with me. Mostly I thought it was my own fault. I hadn't done enough, I hadn't worked hard enough, and I just, I'm lazy. Um, and that's kind of unfair. Like, it's true, I could, you could always do more. There's always more I could have done. But the time frame is completely unrealistic to go from what I used to be, which was um, 10 kilos overweight, 
full of body stiffness and inflammation, joint pains, joints that would actually swell up visibly and hurt, not sleeping well, um, terrible, terrible motor patterns, neuromuscular patterns acquired from early childhood. And then in three years or five years, become an, a movement at level, 30, level three um, capable person. Not that I necessarily want the certification. I don't think that's my path. But the skills that an, that an MCT3 has, I do aspire to have those one day. Um, I just I didn't allow for an adequate time frame. And the same, I, I then, I, I guess I kind of hit my head against the ceiling with that one thinking oh well I can't aspire to that but I can aspire to correcting my movement patterns at least and getting rid of my body stiffness and joint swelling and joint pains. I can aspire to being a fully functional person within the modern world I live in without necessarily being able to do a muscle up and all the other things. So I pursued the Feldenkrais and the DNS. And with that, again, I'm like, well, come on, you've been doing it for, or you've been doing DNS for at least six months. (laughs) You should have fixed all your movement patterns already. Of course I haven't. Of course it takes longer. And the same with other areas of my life finance, my thought patterns, how I handle my own emotions, my relationships with people. And I'm not talking about, well, I'm talking about all relationships, my relationship with the person who sells me some food at Woolies and the the person, the people who are my friends and the people I interact with at work. All those relationships I aspire to improve on and deepen and make more effective, more healthy, more harmonious, um, all those areas of my life. And I've been walking around doing these things. I've been working on all these areas, but I've been working on all of them with this impatience and frustration at myself, believing that because I wasn't already at that exalted level that I want to be at, that I was defective, lazy, inefficient, hadn't worked hard enough and there was something wrong with me and I'd never get there. And it's rubbish. (laughs) So I'm creating some more realistic timeframes. I'm I'm putting everything to a 10 to 15 year timeframe and there's an incredible liberation in doing that. I mean in 10 years I'll be 68 in 15 years, I'll be 73. And I know a lot of people would balk at that. They would go, oh, well, if it's going to take that long and I'm going to be that old, I may as well not bother. And I think the opposite. I'm still going to make it to 73. I mean, assuming I don't get hit by a bus or struck by lightning, but I'm still going to end up being 73 at some point. I may as well end up being the 73-year-old who spent the last 15 years working on those four key areas of life, like Bill Gates, not taking a single day off and being that 73-year-old and not be the one who just went, well, it's going to take too long, it's too hard, it's not worth it, I'll just I'll just let it go. Um, so... 
I wanted to say that. I wanted to say I'm adjusting my time frame. I'm making it very much longer. I'm acknowledging that I've been making a mistake all this time and having my time frame set too short and my um, sense of hurry and urgency getting in the way of my progress. And I want to acknowledge that when I come back from Melbourne with my little piece of paper saying that I'm a Feldenkrais practitioner, that is a great um, landmark, a great achievement and a great, um, well, a, a marking of a point in my progress. But it is merely one small section of the work that I'm doing, one small element. It's not the end point. It's not an end point. It's not a thing in itself. It is a marking of a thing, like a rite of passage. Maybe it's like getting a a higher belt in a martial art, but you don't just sit with your higher belt and go, right, that's it now. I'm going to rest on my laurels. I've got this belt now. I'm, I can beat anyone with a lower belt, which is not even necessarily true. Um, no, you don't do that. You continue grinding, moving forward, chipping away, all those things. Um, yeah, I think that'll do for today. Thanks so much for listening.